Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Welcome to Freedom Night. How many of you guys, by show of hands, have been to a Freedom Night before? All right, how can, who hasn't been to a Freedom Night? Okay, you guys are bold. You guys are going to get some freedom tonight. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And go ahead and join me. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here tonight. This is your garden. We're your people. We thank you for the freedom you are bringing. And we give you permission to intertwine yourself, your ways. And we ask that you speak to us tonight. We ask that you reveal what you want to uproot and where you want to take us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Worship team, thank you guys. Amazing. I'll see you in an hour and a half. You guys go ahead and take your seats. So like Pastor Michael alluded to, tonight I'm going to be talking about maintaining freedom. And um, if you see me kind of walking with a little limp tonight, I didn't get any swag. I actually just did too many deadlifts today. I was like, curious. I was like, how much did I do? And I did five tons of deadlift. Don't recommend doing that when you're going to be standing on stage. It's, uh, but luckily, it's not all in my own power. Thank you, Jesus. Tonight, um, actually, I want to ask this question. How many of you guys have a green thumb? Love gardening. Oh, I love this. I love the passion. Who else has it? Okay, all right, some of you guys. So you guys who love gardening, this message is going to be useful in two different ways. This message is going to be very practical on how to maintain a garden in the physical and in the spiritual. For everybody else, well, you'll get one. You got to pay for twice if you want double, you know. I remember... Um, I don't know, when Jace was about one years old, Joy and I, we went on a road trip up to some friend's house up by Lake Tahoe. And we were visiting them, gorgeous. They had the, but they had this amazing garden. And we would walk into this garden, and there was, uh, you know, strawberries, raspberries everywhere. These little cherry tomatoes that you'd pick off, and I'd pull off a stevia leaf with them, and I'd eat them together. And it was amazing. And I was inspired. I was like, I want to have a garden like this. It was picture perfect. Everything was producing. Everything was amazing. Until I realized how much work was required to put into a garden. And then I thanked, thanked Sprouts and Costco. Because, you know, I, got, I don't have so much amount of time. Hey, exactly. Exactly. It's true. I do see myself as having a garden later on, but not right now. I tried that last season and moved on for another season. But one thing about having a very, like a strong garden, one thing about having this garden that you want to grow this fruit and the produce in is you want to have it like excellent. You want to have nutrient soil. You want to keep it weed-free. You want to keep it protected from the birds, protected from the insects, the squirrels, right? And you need to create this safe haven for this garden. And tonight, 
I'm going to show you how to maintain this weedless garden. Because the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me on weeds. And he has been showing me that the things that grow in our, in our life are weeds. That they, they can sprout, they can grow, they can grow, they grow to choke things out. They can try to take our nourishment. They could try to take what's meant to water us. They can try to suffocate us. And these things that grow as weeds in the spiritual can be things like anxiety, fear. What's keeping you from walking into that field? What's keeping you from buying that field? What's keeping you from buying that business, buying that house? Maybe you don't feel worthy. Maybe you have or has been suffering with depression. That is a weed that can try to suffocate you and is trying to squash you. And if you have this frustration where you feel like everything I'm trying is going wrong, I'm running into wall after wall after wall, why is this? I can guarantee there's a weed there that needs uprooted. You could look at our nation, go on Disney+, Plus, go inside Target, and you will see this root of perversion taking over our country. And it's just, it's not enough. It has to amplify itself. It has to amplify its nature and it has to plant the seeds and try to put the seed in every part of exposed soil that it can. But I have these five tips for you guys. They're really powerful, really useful tips. Man, you guys, I'm, I'm like, you guys, come on, step it up a little bit. Let's go. I preach off feedback, so if it gets quiet, I'll start daydreaming over here. I'll be like, oh, look at that light. I'll be like, man, that rafter needs cleaned right there. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> All right, tip number one for having a weedless garden, stop tilling. And tilling the ground. I grew up, we would have a garden growing up, and every single year before we'd plant the garden, We'd go buy a bunch of fertilizer, put the fertilizer down, get the rototiller out, and rototill all the fertilizer into the soil. And then we'd plant the garden, which is great, except now you just fertilized all this area that you don't want anything to grow. And now you just loosened all this ground that when the rain comes, it can actually wash away the soil. It can actually cause erosion. And when the rain comes, it actually can pull the nutrients. So here you are trying to add nutrients, putting all this physical work in, and the rains can come and drain it all and make it worse than you started. So stop tilling, which is doing things in your own strength. Philippians 2.13 says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And I love the Passion Translation because it says God revitalizes you, right? So he's adding the nourishment right here. You don't have to till it up yourself, and he's also doing the planting. So you don't have to worry about loosening the soil, soil yourself. God is doing it. And really, this is like, in the spiritual realm, this is trying to make your own miracle. You could got, maybe you got a prophecy, and you're like, okay, I'm going to make sure this happens. I'm going to put my hand to the plow. You're a type A personality, and you're going to make sure everything is done. You're going to go above and beyond. But what happens is that you fatigue yourself out. And when you fatigue yourself out, you get tired, and your defenses go down. And next thing you know, you're exposed to these seeds and these weeds to be grown and planted. I love, Pastor Leanne actually brought up this verse on Sunday, and um, I had it in my notes, so it's, it was confirmation when she brought it up. But Ecclesiastes 7.16 says, 
do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Trying too hard will destroy yourself. You will cause this fatigue that you just, you can't recover from, or it takes a long time to recover from. It's about relying and waiting on God. It's about relying and waiting on the Holy Spirit and not trying to do things on your own time. So often, and one of the, the, like one of the biggest questions that everybody has, is this God's timing or is this resistance? Is this God's timing or is this resistance? And then we tend to always lean to, no, this is resistance. This must be resistance because it's not my timing. And we start saying this is resistance because it's not my timing, and then we're fatiguing ourselves out. So it's always worth taking that time and saying, God, is this your time? Is this your perfect will? What do you want to do right now? Point number two for having a weedless garden is mulch, mulch, and more mulch. Bare soil gives access to seeds to the ground. But when you put mulch over the ground, right, you'll put like the mesh netting down, you'll put the mulch on top, you can suffocate any seeds that have been sown. They don't have access to light. They don't have access to car like carbon dioxide. They can't grow underneath there. They can't go. And how this looks in our spiritual life as you guys are doing it now, you're attending church. You go to a connect group. That's a covering for your life. You serve on a team at this house, and you'll find that is a covering on your life where things that want to grow can't grow because you have those around you protecting you. And what I love about mulch, right, it just kind of looks like chaos if you zoomed in, but this chaos is a barrier, this overlapping of all these pieces of wood or whatever it is, and it's a source of protection. And, I mean, that is the house of God. That is the church of Christ. There's a little bit of chaos, but there's such a source of protection in there. You know, men's prayer, women's prayer. Those are places of covering. Even tithing is a place of covering. It's a place of covering for your finances. <laughs> Psalms 91, one through four says, he who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence, and he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge, and his faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. In this house, when you come and you submit, you join the family, you join a community, you stand in the house of the Almighty. This is the bride of Christ. You're in relationship with God, and you say, I'm surrounding myself with God's strength, with what he cares about, what he is passionate about. And um, point number three on uh, Weedless Garden, this could be uh, controversial, so I'm excited to see you guys' reaction. <laughs> and I'm going to give it a little pause so you guys anticipate. But point number three on keeping a weedless garden is you need to stop hoeing. All right, okay, okay. <laughs> so the, a hoe is the wrong tool for a job of removing a weed. If you're in a garden, think about it. You, you laid down this mulch, 
right? And now you have a, if you have a weed coming through, you take a hoe to this weed, you just remove the mulch, you just expose the ground, you actually allowed more seeds to get planted, and now it's worse off than when you went to go pull the weed. You actually cause yourself more harm by doing, using the wrong tool for the job. And I relate this to rebellion. And so often we complain. Complaint is a way to hoe in this house. <laughs> come on, come on, guys. All right, all right. So when you complain, you're actually falling under what Lucifer did in the beginning. Lucifer was in heaven, and he didn't like the way God did things. He didn't like God's timing. He didn't like how he did this. He's like, I could do a better job. And then pride takes over. Rebellion, the complaint leads to pride, and then pride leads to the fall. So you have to watch what you're saying, the way you're saying it. You don't like the way things are done? Go to God and say, hey, why am I feeling this way? And watch the words. Watch that complaint coming out of your mouth. Because complaining will remove the covering and expose you, just like hoeing a garden with mulch wood, to new seeds where the enemy wants to grow something. And another way, this, can, this, all, all, this often leads to people doing things in the wrong order, the wrong process. And you could be like, hey, you know what? They're, they haven't reached back to me in time. I need to go do the X, Y, Z. I need to go pay for this deliverance. I need to go do this in this order. I need to go over here, and I need to search. I need to make it work out. No, I'm not ready to forgive yet, but could remove this demon anyways. No, I'm not ready to follow and fully submit to Jesus Christ, but remove this from me anyways. When you do this, you expose yourself to be way worse off. In Matthew 12, 43, it says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds a house empty, swept, and put in order. And when it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself, and then they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the person is worse than the first. So it will be with this evil generation. When you're sitting here and exposing yourself, you're allowing more seeds to grow in your life. And if you've seen a garden under chaos, weeds multiply quickly. That when you, and you do this and you allow these seeds to kind of grow, and next thing you know, you're like, why is this happening? Why is my marriage terrible? Why are my kids terrible? Why did I get fired from my job? Why is my business? And well, of course I'm not tithing because I don't want to submit, but why is my finances not doing good? You know, holding on to like these inner vows, holding on to things because you're like, I don't want to forgive that person. Like they don't deserve it. It's doing things in the wrong order, and it's taking the wrong tool to the job. Point number four for having this weedless garden. How are you guys doing? You guys good? Yeah? All right. You need to plant a fall cover crop. Everyone's like, what the heck is he talking about? Okay, so no farmers in here. I didn't get any shouts on that one. <laughs> So uh, in farming, I don't know if you guys learned this in school or not, but farmers, uh, they plant cash crops and cover crops. 
the cash crops is the big money, right? This is the soybean. This is the corn. This is where, like, hey, this is what we want to do. This is what we're going after. We're believing that corn is going to blow through the roof. Oh, we have Democrats and president. Uh, they're going to be taking the soybean and the corn and making ethanol because they don't want gas. They don't want oil, right? Like, you're using, you're trying to, you know, go to the market. However, you don't grow in every season, you don't grow the, the cash crops in every season. And a part of life as a Christian is understanding that different seasons need to have different things planted and different things grow well in different seasons. So what you do for these cover crops is you plant things like mustard, alfalfa, rye, buckwheat, radish. And these things, when you plant them, they bring nourishment back into the soil so that everything that corn needs is, in, is being released by these cover crops. And in addition, these cover crops, they're holding the soil together in these rainy seasons. So now the ground is better off and you don't have to go do the tilling and adding the fertilizer because what you're growing in this, this winter season is gonna be the nutrients needed for the harvest that's coming. And what this looks like in our life is pursuing a life of holiness. It's living a life of holy fear and obedience. It doesn't mean it's easy. Like how many farmers don't, aren't really out there being like, man, I can't wait to grow this, this rye. Like, you know, it's enough to pay the bills, but it's like, well, no, this is what's needed in this season to prepare me for the next season. And so I like to ask myself four questions and I would write these down. Uh, these are four fundamental truths that help being obedient. One, God knows what is right for me. Two, God is pure love, and I am the focus of his love. I think people forget the focus part often. They know that God is love, but they don't realize that God is love looking directly at them. Point number three for this. God will never tell me to do something that is detrimental. Whatever he says will always end up best. That doesn't mean that it won't be hard or it might have unique seasons where there's dips, there's things going not the way you expect. But it's always about getting you to where he wants you to be. It's all about this eternity and who you are going to be forever and about the legacy that you're building that's going to be echoed singing worship in heaven for eternity. And then after I say those, I always say, therefore, no matter what God says, or no matter what God tells me, I gladly choose to obey. And if those sound like, oh, that's great. Mm. I, I like to also to look at King Samuel, or King Saul. King Saul, first king of Israel. And he was removed as king because he chose to sacrifice instead of obey. He was removed as king because the prophet Samuel came and said, hey, God says to kill everything. And he went and he took the best of the best. He's like, no, I'm going to sacrifice this to God. Oh, I'm going to look holy and I'm going to have a little bit of a fear of man so people see what I'm doing. I'm not going to walk in this obedience. But not walking in the obedience, then the storm came and his family was wiped out. Because of one choice of not living a life of obedience, not following after God. And that opened the door for King David to come in. And this isn't 
the sexy thing to say, right? It's not always the most fun thing to say, walking in obedience. But I promise you, it is the thing that will nourish you more than anything else. It is what will make your ground fertile for the soil to produce the harvest of the seeds that you've sown. Point number five, everyday routine. So when you have a garden, they say that spending 10 minutes a day pulling weeds in your garden is more productive than 70 minutes one time a week. Weeds can grow three inches in 24 hours. And so if you picked weeds every day in your garden, you just spent simple 10 minutes, you're pulling those little weeds out. They're easy to pull out. They're not rooted down deep. You come back a week after week. Now those weeds are 18 inches long. Their roots are down deep. Now those roots can be intertwined with other things that if you pull it, it might cause damage. This is all about your daily relationship with Jesus Christ. This is about your daily reading of his Bible, your daily going to the Holy Spirit, asking him to intertwine himself with you. And I, I love this analogy because, like, there's, it's, so, it's so simple you think of it that way. Oh, if, if a weed's growing three inches a day, it's going to be knee high on the Sundays. Or I could just go out and just, like, just walk through, pull it out, and be done. And have a perfect garden that looks clean, that's ready to go at all times. But so often, we see, oh, 10 minutes in prayer? Oh, I can't. I don't have time for that. I have three kids under six. How, like, how am I going to spend time doing this? I have, you know, this and X, Y, Z. How am I? But if you want a weedless garden, if you want a garden that produces what God has intended you to produce, you need to spend that time. This is about that partnership with the Holy Spirit. And if you don't know how to do this, because I'm not going to assume everyone in here does, because I didn't for years at this church. I didn't. And um, what they changed is when I would say daily, wake up and say, God, Holy Spirit, I give you today. I, today, I'm going to take your will, and I'm going to make it my will. Today, I'm going to look for what you want to do, and I'm going to live it out. And it, like that, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, and you will see a drastic change in your life. It's exponential. And if you're curious what God's perfect will for you to do, it's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, and I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Let your joy, let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Jesus Christ. So you wake up in the morning, and your kids woke you up an hour earlier than your alarm. You go there, and you say, Jesus, I thank you for this time to spend with my kids, instead of letting that complaint about your kids come. You wake up not feeling good. You say, God, I thank you that I'm alive today. I thank you that I have a body that's about to be healed because you are the God that is with me. 
You go to a job where you don't see the advancement opportunities. You say, God, I thank you that in this season you're providing while new opportunities are on their way. You see that and it becomes a life of prayer. And then you start seeing what God is gonna do. You start prophesying. And next thing you know is that joy of his presence comes upon you. He partners with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to live this life with you. But it's a daily thing. And if you fail, you got tomorrow to start. There's no, there's no condemnation. You just, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, I'll do it right now. I'll do it while I'm driving. Like, nothing's going to stop me. What I did today doesn't define me. So to summarize these uh, five points, right? And this is all about maintaining freedom. We haven't even got to the, the actual pulling of the weeds yet. And we're going to be pulling some weeds tonight. We're going to be pulling some weeds and you're going to have freedom. But I, it would, I would be, how do I say this delicately? I wouldn't be doing my job as a pastor if I didn't equip you to keep freedom. If I just pulled weeds and sent you on your way, you're going to be worse off. If I just pulled some weeds and said, good luck, it's not how God has called us to live. That's not discipleship. We turn discipleship into salvations only, and salvations only is how you get this world of chaos. And like People can get saved, but if they're not discipled, they're not going to be able to maintain this weeds. They're not going to be able to have that relationship with Jesus Christ. They're not going to be able to live it out day by day. But to summarize, we need to stop trying to do everything on our own power. We need to learn to lean on the church community, right? And there's covering in this house. We need to follow God's process and his timing without complaint. We need to live a life of obedience because that is the nourishment in our harvest season. And your everyday routine is exponential. It's how you get the fruit that you desire. You won't have dilop like dilapidated, dilapidated, I don't know, plants. You won't have things that look ugly that are dying. You're gonna have the best. You're gonna have the greatest tomatoes, the greatest zucchini, I don't know, strawberries. If you love straw, I love strawberries, right? The greatest strawberries, the sweetest strawberries, because the ground is fertile and ready to grow. But now, I kind of want to go into more about the weeds. I want to go into what these weeds look like in our life and how they get access to our life, how they start growing. So I like this analogy of a demon and a weed because people hear the word demon and they think it's this big, scary thing. I mean, maybe if you're afraid of weeds then you can be afraid of demons. I'll allow it. But we'll deal with that here. But a, a weed in your life is just a demon who's wanting its nature to grow. It wants its seed. It wants what it is to produce over what God is trying to grow. It wants what, it, like, it has a personality. It has a nature. It has an intellect, a self-awareness, uh, self and it wants to grow in your soil. Because if it's not in a soil, it's distraught. It needs this. And all of a sudden, your seeds that you're sowing are getting suffocated. And you don't like your garden anymore. You're like, I didn't plant dandelions like, I didn't want, a, like, yeah, bears eat them, but I don't eat them. 
I mean, you can't eat dandelions. I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't. The goal of these weeds, as they grow in the garden, the goal of demons is to prevent your salvation. They, do, they don't even want your garden to be owned by Jesus Christ. They don't even want your soil to be used for heavenly purpose. And if it is used for heavenly purpose, they want to make it inadequate. They want to make it ineffective. They want to make sure that it's producing the least amount of fruit as possible so that these little prickly thorns are growing instead. When a demon enters a person, they actively work to increase their influence and control. I mean, doesn't that sound like a weed? You ever see go walk into a yard that hasn't been taken care of and there's just weeds everywhere? They're actively trying to take control, actively trying to win. And it's our job to keep them. But if they are growing, they're easy to pull out. But so examples of some of these weeds, I kind of touched on them earlier, but I want to say it again. And when I'm saying some of these, I want you to just have your eyes closed and allow the Holy Spirit to bring to mind, if any of these resonate, that anxiety, I'm overly worried, stressed, depression, why even wake up, suicide, why I'm even alive, what's the point? That frustration, things just never go my way. The perversion, the control, these control of these images that may come into your mind. And then there's the complaining. You find yourself complaining all the time, not liking the way things are going. Why is that? Why is it so frustrating? Why do I always complain? Well, these are just weeds that we get to remove right now. These are just weeds that we get to pluck out. You guys can, you don't have to keep your eyes closed. I'm just going to go over a little bit more on how these weeds can get planted. Because I want to, I don't want to do you a disservice. Weeds can get planted through generational curses, right? So you bought the ground and the seeds were already planted there. That's just what a generational curse is. It's inherited with the ground. There's emotional hurts, emotional traumas, like a tornado comes through and just plants a bunch of seeds in your ground. There's, you know, ungodly beliefs of just like, God doesn't care about my ground. My ground is only good for weeds. My ground will never produce. There's sin patterns, you know. There's things that we do in our life that allow access for these ungodly, these seeds of the enemy to grow. But the good news is, right now is the time to uproot them. But, but first, you have to have the land owned by the gardener, Jesus. And if you're here today and you haven't given that soil to Jesus, if you haven't asked him to come in to maintain it for you, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And maybe you have a hundred times, but you've taken a portion of it back. Right now is the time to give it all back to him. And if that's you here today, go ahead and raise your hand, and we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say a prayer that is going to walk us through giving him access to cultivate this land, to remove all these weeds that have been growing. 
I'm going to give you another couple seconds. I'm going to still do this prayer because I know some don't raise their hand. I know some are thinking, they're like, well, you know, I'm, I've been saved. It's not that big of a deal. So, but, so we'll walk through a prayer anyways. But be bold. Thank you. Thank you for your boldness. The Holy Spirit sees it, and he will not allow it go unseen, and he will not allow it stay the way it is. Because you said, you, God, all about you. Thank you up there. Thank you up there. Thank you guys for raising your hand. Thank you, both of you. Amazing. Thank you up there. Thank you. This is... This isn't about, like, how people see you. This is just being honest with the Holy Spirit, honest with God, saying, I want this land to be run by you. I want this land to be cultivated by you. If everyone can uh, repeat these words after me. Lord Jesus, I have sinned, and I ask your forgiveness. Please come into my heart and take over my soil as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me maintain a weedless life in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. The seven or eight of you guys that raised your hand, I am, like, you are set up for the miracle. A miracle is about to happen. And I want, or if everyone could stand with me, I'm going to walk us all through a corporate prayer. But if our ministry team could come up right now, if we can have our ministry team come up. Our ministers are going to be up here to pray a prayer of agreement with you. If there was a specific thing that you wanted freedom over, or if you, you say, hey, I got freedom tonight, and I, um, like after we say this prayer, if I got freedom tonight, I just want someone to stand in agreement with me. They're here to pray with you. They're a resource. They're part of the covering. They're part of the mulch that will keep you protected. But all you do to remove a weed is to say a few words, giving Jesus the power so if you guys close your eyes again and repeat these words after me. Say, I renounce all pride. I have no claim to grace except that Jesus died in my place. I confess all my sins and hold nothing back. Now, you don't need to repeat this part, but if there is something in there that you need to confess, it's important just even in your seat, to say it out loud and say, I confess, and say what it is. So, I confess. Then you guys can say whatever it is you need to confess. Lord, I repent of all my sins. And I turn to you. I forgive those who have hurt me. And by submission of my free will, I forgive all who have wronged me. I sever my contact 
with false religions, false gods, things that are not of you. Thank you, Jesus, for releasing the curses on the cross and redeeming me in every way to inherit God's blessing. And thank you right now for the deliverance that I need. And I take my stand with you. All right, right now, as we go into this, this last portion, this last declaration, if you have a feeling like you have to cough or sneeze, don't hold it in, just let it out. If you have a feeling of just like you have to release something, just release it. Because you'll find that there's, when there is a release, that God is there and he is moving. So now I speak to any demon that has control over me. I command you to go. In the name of Jesus, I expel you. And I give praise to God for my release. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Lord in every area. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.